0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Collecting Scars podcast. I'm your host, Sydney Olson. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. This is an episode where I'm just going to kind of reflect on the last month and the things that I have learned. I'll be answering a couple questions that I got on Instagram and yeah, I just kind of have a little bit of fun with this one. So I've got a lot to cover. It was a really crazy month actually. Um, February started off in Tokyo And the reason being for that is I wanted to do something pretty crazy for my 30th birthday. I turned 30 on January 11th, but I think like two days before it, um, I was running on the treadmill and I had this idea to go to Tokyo. And I don't know why, but it was one of those ones that was just like very visceral. I felt like I really, really needed to go there and I just kept getting really excited about it. So in my mind, I had decided that Richard and I were going to go to Tokyo and the next day I booked the trip. And I was really, really glad because it ended up being about two and a half weeks before the trip that we booked it. It felt very, very spontaneous and almost impulsive. But again, I felt like I needed to go. So I learned a lot about following excitement there and decided that it was time to do that. So we ended up going to Tokyo, I want to say January 26th. We spent about nine days there. By the time we actually get there, it's nine days. And And then we arrived in like the evening. So then really it's eight days and then we had to leave on one of the days. So it was like seven and a half. (laughs) But anyway, uh, Tokyo was amazing. It was probably one of my favorite trips that I've ever been on. And I did film a vlog while I was there. So you can check that out on my YouTube channel if you just type in Sydney Olson. Uh, My channel should show up and that video should be on there. But it was a really great experience we didn't have a lot of expectations for the trip as we did only book it a couple of weeks before we went but honestly my biggest things that i wanted to do was walk around the city eat good food and go see mount fuji and we did all of those things and way more mount fuji was really incredible you can go take tours and go see what it looks like, um like with a tour guide and all that and they know all the good spots to take photos and all that, but we decided not to do that. We decided to just take a bus to Kawajigo, Kawaguchiko, I'm not really sure how you pronounce that place, but we took a bus there and we ended up doing like a little walk to this gondola that took us to a viewing point. And there were no clouds in the sky. It was such a beautiful view. And then there was a little hike that we went on to get to an even better view of it. And then um, we were gonna go to this really um, infamous view where people take a lot of photos. There's, I, I don't really know where it is, but there's like a temple by it, and we were gonna walk there. But the clouds started coming in, and we decided to leave that as it was. And it ended up being a really good thing. It started raining. It was cold, and yes, so. I was glad that we didn't end up doing that little bit of the hike. But Mount Fuji was probably one of the most incredible pieces of nature that I have looked at in my entire life. I remember just staring at it in disbelief that I was sitting there looking at Mount Fuji and just being like, wow, my life is really good. So that was one of those sort of full circle moments for me. And yeah, then the rest of the trip, like I said, we just mostly did the things like walking around, eating. I did a little bit of shopping and got my first pair of uh, <laughs> Nike Pro Airs. Um, is that what they're called? Pro Airs? Am I say No. Oh my God. Nike Air Jordans. <laughs> I was thinking of like MacBooks and uh, Pro Airs. Oh, so Nike Air Jordans, please don't make fun of me. And yeah, it was, oh gosh, I cannot recommend that place enough. I just felt so safe there. Walking around at night was not a problem. I'd walk around by myself at night. It just felt so good to be in a place like that. And honestly, coming back to LA felt like a huge transition, obviously. Um, I think the way people respect each other and the way they treat each other over in Japan is very, very different. I came back and I went shopping at Whole Foods and I just remember sort of feeling like, whoa, the way people talk to each other here is so crazy. And I had to get used to that again, but it's all good. I still like being in LA, whatever. (laughs) So when I got back, I started noticing some health issues. Uh, While I was in Tokyo, I pretty much took a lot of time off from training and working out. We were doing like 40,000 steps a day. Um, Well, at the most, I think it was like 42,000. But on an average, it was at least 36,000 a day. So we didn't really feel like exercising that much when we were there because by the end of the day, you've been walking around so much, you're just so exhausted. Like, why would I want to go work out? And except for one training session that I did. But anyway, so I took some time off from working out while we were there, but I got back and my first workout back... I took my pre-workout as I normally do and I had my coffee in that morning so it's already like 200 milligrams of caffeine and in my workout I was shaking and I never experienced that with caffeine because I'm someone that has been drinking coffee my entire life and I can have three cups a day and it does nothing and I know that's horrible for you. I know it's bad for your adrenals and all that and I'm I'm actually a nutritionist too so I know that that's not a good idea. And I just didn't think much of it for a really long time. And I was just doing it and was like, whatever. But, um, so anyway, (laughs) I start noticing as I'm working out that I'm shaking and that my heart rate is like really high. I looked at my Fitbit that tracks it and I hadn't been paying attention to what it had been saying, but normally my resting heart rate is at 52, I believe it was. And then when I was looking at my resting heart rate was 75, I think at most, it got up to 75. And was just like, what happened? I've never had my heart rate be that high for a resting heart rate. What the hell is happening? So I started noticing too, that my throat was hurting, but not like a sore throat, like a, uh, like a painful to the touch sort of feeling. And it felt like there was a lump there. And so I was looking up, Adam's apple? Do I have an Adam's apple? Why is it swollen? All that. So I find out that's your thyroid. And so of course, Google leaves me leads me down a rabbit hole of all these diagnoses that it could be. But the one that resonated most was hyperthyroidism, which is obviously an overactive thyroid. <laughs> and Again, I've never experienced symptoms like this before. However, I do think that maybe it's been going on for a little while because I have noticed things like hair thinning and I always have a very ravenous appetite. And as of lately, I have gotten way thinner, like I've lost weight. And that, oh, that was another thing. I had lost six pounds in Tokyo, which was just crazy. Um, <laughs> and it's not a good thing because it, it feels like I lost a lot of muscle. Like, doing pull-ups right now is hard for me. And that's how I know that I've lost muscle. So anyway, I decided to go to the doctor. We did some labs and it turns out I do have hyperthyroidism. So I have to go see a endocrinologist. And of course the next available appointment isn't until April. So I'm going to go see that, but in the meantime, I'm just making certain lifestyle changes. I really don't want to go on some medication that I'm going to have to be on for the rest of my life because I did a lot of research on this, and it seems like these sort of things can be managed with certain lifestyle changes, and as I said before, I am a nutritionist, so one of the things that I'm doing is focusing massively on nutrition. I have no idea what caused the hyperthyroidism in the first place. I'm learning a lot about this. I think like 75% of people that have hyperthyroidism also have what's called Graves' disease, which is autoimmune. So I don't know if I have that or not yet. I think the first thing they do is actually do an ultrasound on the thyroid. So we're going to see more about that when that happens. But as far as the nutrition, I have to cut out dairy, which I haven't really ate in a long time anyway. I had to cut out gluten and all caffeine. Oh my gosh, I can't even have the matcha that I bought in Tokyo. I'm so sad. And then uh, I have to limit eggs and fish and and some other stuff because one of the biggest things is that iodine or iodine, however you pronounce it. uh, If you have an overactive thyroid, it could be because of too much iodine. So all those foods have a lot of iodine in them. So that is why I'm cutting them out. Caffeine is different. It doesn't have iodine necessarily, but it makes your heart rate faster and we don't want that. <laughs> so I just with these changes alone, I think the caffeine one is the most prominent. Uh, cutting that out, my heart rate already went down quite a bit as back in the 50s as my resting heart rate again, which is amazing. Uh, I do have a decaf oat milk latte in the morning still, and I'm glad I can still do that because I think I would just be really sad. <laughs> it's just something I've done my entire life. I don't know what the connection with coffee really is, but it I think it might have been I think the first time I had coffee was with my grandmother when I was quite young and it it just is like a connection between me and her or something. It's a comfort thing for me. So it's I never realized how out of control that got where I was like devastated to have to quit drinking coffee, but I always sort of did it for the taste. It was never for the caffeine rush or anything like that. So yeah, I would drink it because I like to drink it like I like the taste of it. So for me, uh, switching to decaf actually hasn't been much of an issue and it's honestly made me feel massively better. Who would have (laughs) known? Instead, I have replaced my morning coffee with a hot water with tea and ginger and a little bit of honey and instead of my coffee and that has been a huge difference on the way I feel throughout the day as well so highly recommend but I understand not everyone wanting to switch off of coffee if you don't have to I totally get it I would still be drinking it if I could too but as I said before decaf going decaf completely has been really revolutionary for me I don't have that afternoon crash that I used to have and yeah (laughs) It's great. It's great. So I've also found a lot of new recipes that I really enjoy. Like I learned how to make non bread that's gluten-free, dairy-free, all of that. And we ate it with my homemade curry that I love to make. And it was just awesome. And it actually brought me back to the motivational podcast that I just talked about recently. Now I'm like very motivated to get my health on track. And so I'm doing things like planning out all of my meals And I, yeah, I have a little notebook where I write down what I'm going to have for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and all the snacks and stuff. And I can eat quite a bit more because my metabolism, having hyperthyroidism, is super fast. So I need to always have snacks on me, too. It's this whole thing. And, yeah, I've been really, really enjoying just eating some really, really, really healthy, nutritious meals. And it's helping me feel a lot better And the other thing I'm trying to do as a lifestyle change is focus on my sleep because my sleep has been dog shit. (laughs) It's really bad. And as I said before, I have a Fitbit, so it tracks all of that. And there's like a score that gives you out of 100. I don't think I, I I go above 80, maybe twice a month, maybe. (laughs) And that's just a good sleep score. I think most of the time it's in the fair range. Sometimes it's in the poor range. Um, So that one, I take melatonin at night. I haven't exactly figured out certain ways to do it. I'm off of my phone by 8 p.m., which is another like habit that I decided to take up this month is um, deciding to stop scrolling on Instagram and emails and all that by 8 p.m. and just enjoy time with Richard and watch TV. (laughs) But like spend time together, you know, I don't want to be on the internet all the time. So that's another thing. But yeah, I'll have to see how I can continue to get better sleep because that's the biggest one, I think. So California got a lot of rain. And it's so green right now. So I have been, we did a couple of hikes that were really, really enjoyable. Just so beautiful. It looks like we're in Hawaii. It does not look like Los Angeles. Normally when you're doing a hike in the mountains everything's brown and kind of dead. And there's still some beauty to it but when it's green like this, it's just otherworldly. So I've been doing a lot of spending time outside and we're actually gonna do a hike today. I'm so looking forward to it. And it actually snowed here, which is really crazy. I think this is actually the first time that's happened in, I want to say, 30 years from what I understand. It was a blizzard warning or something for Southern California for the first time in 30 years. So that means the last time this happened, I was just born, which is insane. And it didn't snow at my house or anything, but I have heard of friends that did get it that are a little bit more north, and that is just absolutely insane. So... the mountains just look crazy, and from my condo, I can actually see mountains with snow on them, and that is, it looks like Utah. Like I said, I feel like I'm not living in LA right now. I'm living in other places, but yeah, it's beautiful. What else has happened? Let's see. I've suddenly made an abundance of lots of female friends, and I am so grateful for that. I feel like there's not a whole lot of them in my life that I'm around all the time, so any... The, there's been a lot of girls coming to the gym and training fight choreography and all that. So I've gotten to reconnect with a lot of stunt women that I haven't talked to in years. And we went off and we did some hikes together and we got lunch and did all the things that I always want to do with my female friends. So, yeah, I don't, that's another thing that's just happened in my life recently. And I'm just so, so glad. And I'm actually going to have a few of them on the podcast soon and it's going to be great. Uh, What else? I've had to do a lot of self-tapes this month for auditions, and personally, I hate doing (laughs) self-tapes. I would so much rather just go to an actual audition and perform it. I'm a lot better with that kind of pressure. I don't know what it is about the self-tapes, but I just, oh my gosh, the idea of actually doing them is so annoying to me. But there was one that I got I had to do, and I thought it was going to be for this really amazing job. Ends up, I think the job got canceled, which is really sad, but this has also been a thing that's been happening a lot with me, where I, like, think I book a job, and then it ends up being canceled, and I'm not exactly sure what that means as of right now, but it's kind of okay with me. We're actually going to go to Arizona instead of what I was going to be doing next week, which was working, and so I'll be doing that, and yeah, I'm just taking the time to just sort of enjoy life these days. And I'm in a really good place with it. I think a year, not a year ago, but maybe a couple of years ago, I would have been really freaking out about not working because you start to tie in your worth with it as well, especially here in LA and in a business like the film industry. Uh, it starts to feel really important to be working all the time. And then when you stop working, it just feels like, I don't know, I just feel like oh, I need to be doing something, like I need to be keeping busy. However, there's been a lot of things I've been doing to keep super busy, so I'm good on that front. And then, oh, another fun thing that I'm actually doing right now is I am studying the NAS- NASM course uh, to become a certified personal trainer. I do teach private lessons with parkour and all that, and I have taught actors as well, parkour, and what I'd like to be able to do is also have a bit of a coaching business on the side too, where I can help train clients and help them with their nutrition and even mindset coaching. So if this is something that you guys are ever interested in, please hit me up because I am a certified nutritionist, Uh, the personal training is coming And I'm actually really enjoying the course. I'm learning a lot of things that I didn't previously know, and it's just going to make my own training that much better, too. So, yeah, that is one of the things I'm really, really enjoying. And then I do have a couple questions from Instagram that I will get into. These are from this girl named Emily. She's super sweet. She's messaging me sometimes, and I really, really appreciate that but some of her questions are really good and they made me think a lot and I haven't thought about the answers yet, but here they are. One of them was, what was your proudest moment in parkour and would you say it's also the proudest in your life? Oh, it's such a good question. I think maybe the proudest moment in my life, or no, not in my life, sorry. The proudest moment in my parkour career Oh, I could could chalk it up to a few moments. I can't really think of the one, but maybe the time that I won the Red Bull Art of Motion in 2019 in Matera, Italy, because that was something that I had been wanting to do for such a long time. And I talked about this previously on my first episode of the podcast throughout my parkour journey. I tried to win in 2016 I got second place and then I fell on my head in 2017 so I couldn't compete and then they didn't have Red Bull Art Emotion in 2018 so I just knew that it was something I had to eventually do so I was really proud of myself for keeping with it and winning that competition and then I think I also would say the previous year in 2021 when I won it again in uh to Pali, Greece because it was something that I just had zero expectations with and just had the most fun while competing as well. So, that was also an insanely proud moment. I don't know if it's the proudest in my life. I think it's really hard to chalk up a proudest moment ever, but I think honestly my proudest moment is actually being able to make a living doing things that I love doing. That all the times I said no to things that didn't really feel in alignment and said yes to the things that did, I think that would be what I would chalk up my proudest maybe moments. <laughs> I don't know how, how I would explain it. But being in the place that I'm in now is, has come with a lot of sacrifice and a lot of saying yes to certain things that are uncomfortable and saying no to things that are comfortable. And yeah, I think that's that's what makes me really, really proud of where I'm at in my life. And then the next question is, do you prefer stunt work or competing... It's such a, that is a serious question to me (laughs) because I honestly wouldn't be able to tell you which one I prefer because they're just so different. Uh, as I've gotten older, I enjoy making more money, which I make from stunts. I make a lot more money doing stunts than I do competing, but competing brings this sense of, I don't, I will not know how to explain this, maybe just hard work and getting over a lot of fears, but however, stunts has that as well. See, (laughs) like they both, they're both kind of similar in, in the way that they are, uh, mm, how would I explain this? They're pretty similar in the sense that you're embodying the baddest version of yourself to be able to do these things, to be able to go out in front of all these people in high places on a set and you do your best with the stunt, or going out and competing against your peers in front of thousands of people. So they're different in the way that they're presented, but the feeling is about the same. You get nervous and it's scary, and then you do it and you feel proud. And that's why they're the same to me. So it would be really, really hard to choose between the two. Both of them have been really amazing for my life. I don't think I could have one without the other, so I would say both. I cannot choose that. <laughs> and then the last question that I got from Emily was, "Do you find it difficult to keep all your different physical skills on a high level?" And yes, I find it extremely difficult to be training all sorts of different things all the time. And there are certain things that I ta- like. I said I've talked about this in the motivation episode, but. There are going to be certain things that are higher on the priority list at certain times, and so maybe things like rock climbing for me is not super, super high on that list of priorities. However, it's still something I enjoy and want to be good at, so I'll do it when I can, which right now, honestly, is probably like once or twice a month. It's not a lot, but I do fully enjoy doing rock climbing But a lot of these things, they actually do coincide with each other. So if I am good about my workout regimen of weightlifting and all that, it seems to help my parkour. And then fighting and that kind of stuff, that kind of training is its own separate thing. I feel like movement in in general does help with that. I think think the type of background that I have makes it easier for me to be good at things like jujitsu. I have noticed that I pick it up a lot quicker than maybe certain people do, and I think it's because I just have a strong background in movement in general. So I feel like when you're at a certain place with that, it gets easier to pick up new things and to be able to like keep things at a high level. However, it can be difficult to try and have a schedule of training all that stuff at once. So I hope that answers the question. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. They're always really fun to do and March is going to be a great month for me as well. Like I said, going to Arizona this week, and I don't really know what else I have planned, but I'm just along for the ride, honestly, (laughs) so I hope you guys are having a great day wherever you're at, and feel free to message me on Instagram at Sydney Olson one or you can email me sydney at tempestfreerading.com. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. Bye!